welcome you into what is technically a new show, but it's going to sound a whole lot like the last show. We just wrapped up Brewers tonight. Now we go into Brewers Weekly, our normally scheduled program here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you do want to join the program, you can do so by calling in at 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. It is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet in if you would like at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Again, that is M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air, the best way to uh, get in contact with us. Uh, we are going to have Lane Grindle coming up in just a few minutes as we continue to get you all set for Game 6 and hopefully Game 7 at Miller Park tomorrow and Saturday if needed. Let's uh, get back to uh, the phones. We've got Ron. Hey, Ron, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly when you want to put um, Granderson in. Well, in the beginning to act like a spark plug or, you know, in the middle end. But when you do, I would take Aguilar out and uh, let Braun play first and put and then, move, you know, move the outfit to whichever way that works. But You're comfortable with Ryan field. Braun playing at first base in a postseason game when he hasn't done it for like four months and he wasn't, he was, he was fine, but he wasn't great at it? Well, that's why I think it would be better in the beginning of the game just to, to try to get some running. But Aguilar is... You know, he's been swinging at wild pitches, and he hasn't been that effective. But um, I was just a thought when the other guy said to put him at third. I don't, you know, that's bad. Yeah, I just. He did play first this year. He did, and he was was fine at it uh, towards the end of the period where he was playing a little bit more often. He had a game or two where he wasn't, where he had some mistakes. Like, I'm not trying to kill him as a first baseman. He did fine, but he hasn't done it in four months. So I would be concerned with him there. I'm going to tell you this, Ron. If if Hagular is not in the lineup, I think they're going to put Travis Shaw at first. I don't think there's any chance we see Braun play any position but left field. Okay, I can go along with that. All right, appreciate the phone call. 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think Curtis Granderson is a weapon off the bench. I want to deploy him in a moment where having a guy with his background, with his experience, with uh, just the fact that he tends to be really clutch, uh, has really good at bats, can work at bats. That's another thing. When you got a pitcher who you need to work a little bit, I wanna I wanna see Granderson in those moments. I don't think I don't think you get the most out of Curtis Granderson if you start him. Here's something I, I don't get all the time. So you and this is this is a Josh Hader thing. Josh Hader is really, really effective as a relief pitcher where you could pick and choose the spots. He has had a much larger impact, making sure he's always pitching innings that matter as opposed to if he was a starter. Yet there are still people out there who will say, you should start Josh Hader. Why? You limit his effectiveness if you start him. There's also people that say Josh Hader needs to be the closer. Why? You limit his effectiveness if you pigeonhole him into being the ninth inning guy. Not to even mention the fact that the way his arm bounces back, he's not a pitch-everyday kind of guy. That's not the way his arm functions. Every human body is different. Josh Hader's arm does not bounce back that way. Curtis Granderson is really, really good at coming off the bench and giving you a really nice, solid at-bat when you need it at the biggest time. Why are we trying to put him somewhere else? I, I would argue you could very easily get less out of Curtis Granderson as a starter than you would 
if you pick and choose spots with him because of the skill set that Granderson brings. Bill is in Oconomowoc. Hi, Bill. You're on WTMJ. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Uh, I, I actually agree with putting Granderson in and changing up the lineup a little bit. Um, we've got uh, guys top to bottom for the most part who are struggling at this point. We need offensive production. We can't win games with only scoring uh, two runs. We need guys who will put the ball in play, less strikeouts. And if you look at what the Dodgers have done in terms of their success, it has been less about putting guys in on defense who are plus defensive players and more about putting guys in on offense and letting the defense fall as it may and expecting guys who are professional baseball players to make the plays on defense in positions where – they may not be normally, but are able to contribute. Well, clearly the Brewers have done that by moving Travis Shaw to second. But, Bill, I always if you want to put Curtis Granderson in, that means somebody comes out. Who do you think Curtis Granderson gives you a better chance to help win a game that needs to come out? Uh, right now I'm looking at uh, even guys like uh, Kane and Yelich. Uh, we've not seen a ton of production from those guys in spots where we need them. Uh, a lot of strikeouts, a lot of chasing bad pitches. Uh, we need guys who can put the ball in play. Uh, those would be a top two, um, at least top of mind. Uh, not sure that Granderson can go in and play third for Moose, but uh, Moose Docks has not had a good NLCS either. Bill, well, well I, I appreciate the phone call. I'm, I'm not trying to come off as a jerk here, but we're going to agree to disagree because in no world do I want to see the Brewers bench Lorenzo Cain or Christian Yelich. If if you go down with those guys never coming alive, well, you know what? They're the ones who got you there. I am not ever putting those guys on the bench. Uh, I, I appreciate that that mentality. I just at, at some point you got to go with uh, guys who can can tr- can contribute. And Granderson's had some good swings. He's putting the ball in play. He's putting the ball deep into the outfield a couple times. Uh, I'll, I'll take my chances with a guy who's got a hot hand over sticking with a guy who's underproducing for a while. All right. I appreciate the phone call. We're not going to go anywhere on that. I just, Christian Yelich isn't coming out of my lineup. Lorenzo Cain isn't coming out of my lineup. Never, ever, 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 ever. Ashton, can we just run me saying ever for the next 45 minutes? Never, never are they coming out of the lineup. It's Christian Yelich is the National League MVP. He's not coming out of the lineup. He's like 3 for 20 or something right now. He could be 0 for 20. He could be 0 for 20, and every single one of his 20 at-bats, he is grounded into a double play. That, that's the worst thing possible, right? Like is, could there be any worse thing? 0 for 20 with 20 double plays, and Christian Yelich is still in my starting lineup. 414-799-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly, rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, 414-799-1620. It's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you're on hold, stay put. We'll get back to you in just a little bit as we continue to talk Brewers baseball in front of game number six tomorrow night. Brewers need to win to force a game number seven. And with that, we will bring in Brewers radio broadcaster Lane Grindle for our weekly conversation. Lane, I know I... Yeah, there's been postseason baseball and stuff like that lately, but I'm sure these conversations are are the highlight of your week. Yeah, they really are. Um, I I have a a calendar, and and I count down the days until I get back to this point where I get to sit down and and chat with you, Matt. It's it's the best. (laughs) Likewise, (laughs) I I completely agree. I enjoy it. You know I I enjoy it. Hey, uh, 
a lot, a lot of stuff to get to. First off, it was yesterday listening to the radio broadcast. So either Uke is an incredible actor, and I guess we, we know he is an incredible actor, but it sounded like on the radio he had zero expectation that Wade Miley was going to go just the, the one batter. Was was there any feeling in the broadcast booth yesterday that that might go down the way it went down? We we had no clue. We we did not know that that was going to happen. No, we were we were just as surprised as everybody. And I think we we pretty quickly pieced it together. I mean, um, when Craig Council first popped up out of the dugout, you were like, okay, oh, you know, hopefully Wade Miley's not hurt. Um, and then and then you start looking at it and you're going, oh wait, okay, no, this this looks like a situation where. Um, that's not the case because they already had Brandon Woodruff up. <laughs> so, I mean, if he if he would have got a hurt, gotten hurt on one of those pitches, um, Brandon Woodruff wouldn't have already been working. And so you're like, okay, well, this was a pre-planned thing. And then you kind of figure out, like, okay, this is this was a strategic move uh, that was made to try to get a little bit more favorable lineup together for Brandon Woodruff to face. And it also gives you Wade Miley now on full day's rest. Uh, are on full rest going into his, basically full rest, going into his start on Friday. And then that means Jolie Chassin can go on full rest on Saturday. And so it starts to make some sense at that point. I think it's genius because you bait. Yeah, if the Dodgers put together a lineup every day that goes righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, then there's no real advantage there. But because the Dodgers stack their lineup against whoever the starting pitcher is, uh, quite honestly, it's a situation like, why don't guys do this more often? Oh, I think you'll see more of this moving forward. Maybe not as much in the regular season, but in postseason types of things where teams employ a real platoon kind of split with their line. Um, anybody, you know, Craig Council, I thought, answered it last the game yesterday. He said, look, they're looking for the best matchups they can get, and so are we. And so you try to do things. And sometimes it's a little bit unorthodox. Sometimes it's maybe a little bit out of the box. But you try to do things to manipulate the matchups or get the matchups that you want, that you feel give you the best chance to be successful. And look, I know the Brewers lost the game. Well, the move worked. Um, it, it, the Brewers didn't lose because their initial out-getters, Wade Miley and Brandon Woodruff, didn't do the job. They, they didn't win that game because they didn't get anything going against Clayton Kershaw. And you can't do a whole lot about that. But the move worked for the Brewers. Now, it might have even worked better, um, which is saying something, because I thought it worked about as well as it could have, had Dave Roth not kind of hedged his bets a little bit with his lineup. I mean, he still put Max Muncy in there. He didn't have Jock Peterson in there. So he had a little different lineup than maybe his typical straight sellout, you know, for a right-handed lineup against a left-handed pitcher. Um, but, it, it, hey, this is what I love about playoff baseball. I, I, I just think so much goes kind of out the window when the playoffs come, and everybody manages a little bit differently, and it just makes it kind of fun to watch and, and really see all the wheels turning. You could probably also argue it may have worked a little bit better had there not been a 13-inning game the day before because if – if you don't use that much pitching the day before, I think there's a exponentially less chance that Woodruff is given the opportunity to face the order the third time through. Yeah, probably so. Uh, that, that's probably um, accurate, I would say. Um, I think it also shows you why Junior Gare went 
longer yeah. than maybe some people thought he was going to go on Tuesday night because the Brewers knew they were going to do this. And Wade Miley said after the game, he had known for a couple of days this was the plan. And so, um, you know, all those things, everything impacts in a, in a seven-game series, in a five-game series, in a three-game series in the regular season. Everything that happens the day before still impacts the next day in some way. And and I think sometimes we forget that, forget about that. We look at every game as its own individual thing, and that's what it is. However, when you're playing every day, or in case of a seven-game series, a couple of off days in that seven-game series, but when you're playing that many games against one team, everything that happens the night before still still impacts you the next day. I, I think if you go back to game one and game two, the Brewers closed out game one, but it was a little bit stressful closing out game one. And that probably impacted the bullpen a little bit on day two in game two because some some of the guys in the bullpen threw more pitches than maybe the Brewers would have liked for them to have had to have thrown in game it, it all kind of gets connected together one way or another. Club elects to uh, fly back today, so they spent the night in Los Angeles. Just got back to Milwaukee a couple hours ago, so I assume it was a it was a kind of a day to sleep in and take it a little bit easy. Is that the way it went in terms of travel today? Yeah, uh, slept slept in, and uh, everybody got up and got some breakfast, and then kind of made their way to the buses and fought that LA traffic to LAX, and then got on the plane, and I think we were wheels up a little bit after noon Pacific time. So, yeah, everybody was able to get a little bit of rest. Nobody had to rush or do anything like that and uh, get into town at a decent time and get to sleep in their own beds tonight, which I think at this juncture in the year, when you've been traveling as much as these teams have been, sleeping in your own bed is, is, a, is a really nice perk. And so sleep in your own bed tonight, sleep in a little bit tomorrow morning, get caught up on all that sleep, get your – Clocks dialed in right, coming off the West Coast, and get ready for what uh, will be a bit nicely tomorrow night with Wade Miley against Ryu. Clearly being down 3-2 is not the situation you would like to be in, but that being said, for being down 3-2, for being potentially one loss away from your season ending, uh, to me it seems like this is about the best arrangement of being down 3-2 as possible. you got two starting pitchers lined up to have done a great job. Uh, your relief pitchers are, are pretty much rested. You didn't have to use a lot of your high-leverage guys in the most recent game, so uh, you, you got t- at least two days rest for some guys. Like, it seems like it's as good of a situation as you can be in while still being down 3-2. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, that was part of my message on my podcast today was that, look, the Brewers are down 3-2, but they've done what they were supposed to do. Even though they had to steal a game on the road to do it, they, they've got the series back to Milwaukee, and as long as they defend their home turf, they're going to the World Series. And I think it's easy to go, oh, gosh, they're down 3-2. They, they've they lost their last two games against the Dodgers. I mean, yeah, those things are true, but, but they're not going to see Clayton Kershaw again unless it's like some sort of relief out Saturday. And... They have now their two guys ready to go, plus they're going to have Josh Hader ready to go for multiple innings over the course of the weekend. They're going to have Corey Knebel ready to go for multiple innings. And I think, you know, you'll, do, you'll, you'll kind of feel the game out on Friday, obviously, and see how things are going. But if you can get through Friday and you use all those guys, but you don't have to overextend them, Saturday's different. Saturday's game seven. It's trying to get to the World Series or your season's over at that point. 
And, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you could probably apply the same thing on Friday, but you know you've got to win them both. I, at that point, you're, I mean, you're doing a lot of crazy things. You, know, you might ask Corey Knable for two and a third. You might ask Josh Hader for three and a third. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it all would depend on what Yoli Shasin does to start things off. But um, game sevens are fun, and game sevens can get crazy. And I hope we'll have a chance to see one here in Milwaukee this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Lane, appreciate the time. Enjoy your evening. And uh, we'll see you at the ballpark tomorrow. I can't wait. We'll see you there, Matt. All right, very good. There's Lane Grendel joining us here on Brewers Weekly. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here's what we've got coming up in the final half hour of the program. We'll get to your phone calls. Also, Craig Council spoke with the media via conference call just a little bit ago. We'll replay some of that audio as well. It's all coming up. Stick with us. Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. Half hour left in the program. Manager Craig Council speaking just a little while ago. We are going to hear those comments coming up in about 10 minutes. If you want to join us, talk all things Brewers, you can do so on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line 414-799-1620. Back to the phones. Keith in Grafton. Hi, Keith. Thanks for holding. You're on WTMJ. Hi, Matt. Hey, it's Pete. Hey, I thought the free beer was last week you were giving it out, not tonight. Those guys just think that you should take out Yelich or Keane and put Braun at third. It's, you don't do that. Obviously, you don't. What you do, you know, if you want to get Granderson in there, you put him in a more high leverage position somewhere in the middle innings instead of maybe at the end, you know, if you want to score a run early on. And then to get him in there when you get to the World Series, you could DH him. But you're not going to play him. There's no way you're going to play him. You are exactly right. I don't care what Yelich does. Did he hit 20 double plays in a row? You gotta play him. I agree. I mean, there's no way that you could ever even think about doing that. You know, I thought about taking Aguilar out too, but I, I just can't do that. He, he's got over 100 RBIs. You just got to keep hoping he's going he's gonna to get hot. Here's the one thing I'll say on Aguilar, and I agree with you. I think he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow. Yeah. But I think Craig Council is really good at knowing when his body is kind of a little broken yeah. down and he needs some time. If they get to Miller Park tomorrow and you just still kind of have that internal sense that, okay, he still needs a little bit more time, he's not there, then I'm going to trust Council on that one. Uh, again, the, the day off today is huge in that situation. Yeah. I, I, there was no, I don't think he would have been playing a game today. Tomorrow, I'd say 70% chance he'll play. But if Council says he still needs another day, then, then I, I believe him. Yeah, because always you, you got to go all in. I mean, we got to. Obviously, there's no tomorrow. If you don't win tomorrow, there's no Saturday. But I just got to believe Aguilar is going to just come through. He just got to. I mean, so yeah. So if if guys like that don't come through, the season's over. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Pete, I appreciate the phone call at 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's grab one more quick call. Mike in Westchester. Hey, Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I I, I echo the previous comments. Uh, Yelly, I mean, uh, Kane, come on, people crazy. They're, they're your one, too. They've carried you all year, and they've carried you recently. And so, uh, yeah, you can't you – gotta, you just got to leave it alone and trust, trust the talent. I will say this. I am concerned about Orlando Arcia. I mean, I know he's carried us a few times, you know, the big hits. But that air yesterday was unbelievably huge. It cost us to run. It would have got Clayton out the next inning probably. I mean, it was – does he know – can someone talk to him and says, eat the ball when you should eat the ball? Such a huge air. 
Yeah, my, Mike, it's interesting. It's, it's kind of funny you say that. He's really good shortstop defensively. He might be the best defensive shortstop. Now, what, what Mike's alluding to is sometimes Orlando Arcia, when he commits errors, he commits errors on easy plays. You look at it and you go, how does the best defensive shortstop walking the face of the planet make that mistake? And I understand the frustration there. He's a young ball player. He's a young guy. And something else, I think, go watch him on maybe like a pop-up that's clearly the third baseman's ball or clearly the second baseman's ball. Man, he's always going for it. I think in the minor leagues, I don't know this for sure, but I think in the minor leagues, he was probably told, get everything you possibly can get. Every ball's your ball. And you don't do that as much in the big leagues. And as a young guy, I still think he's putting all that together. I understand. I understand why the the bad air here and the bad air there can scare you. But Orlando Arcia, he has saved a ton more runs than he's cost with the bad air here and the bad air there. You're hopeful, you're hopeful that it doesn't happen at a bad moment, and the most recent air happened at a, at a rough moment. I'm not running away from that. But I want Orlando Arcia at shortstop as much as possible every inning uh, with what he can do with that glove. He does stuff that other guys just don't do. Manager Craig Council met with the media. Actually, he did a teleconference with the media just a little while ago. We'll uh, run back some of his comments. Coming up next, it's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Manager Craig Council on the off day had a media availability via conference call just a little while ago. Let's hear from uh, some of the things they talked about. First off, a lot of people... Calling in this show and floating the idea of not playing a Christian Yelich. Well, Craig Council, he was uh, he was asked about the idea of not playing Christian Yelich and what's going on with uh, his current struggles. It's just a case of a guy who's missing some pitches to hit. Um, I don't think that he's worried about where he's hitting in the lineup. Um, he's worried about he's worried about getting a pitch to hit and, and squaring it up. Um, so I don't. You know, I think it's, you know, anytime players go through stretches where they just, they don't square up baseballs or they don't take the swings they want or um, things like that. In fact, you know, I, I don't think he's, I think he's been swinging at the right pitches um, as as we, as his on-base percentage all postseason has shown. He just, you know, he just hasn't kind of put the big swing on the ball that he's, the, the, the best, his best swings on the ball that, he, that he'd like to. So, um it's a really small thing for Christian. He's right there, um, and we we just you just have to be patient that it's gonna. And it, it sounds like a time that there's there's we don't have time for patience, but you have to trust that Christian's gonna put good swings on the baseball, and and, and I do. So, in terms of Yelich, he's one of those guys who needs to step up. But Council said there's multiple players that need to. You know that that says to you, hey, our right-handed hitters have have. Uh, are going to be really important here and need to do damage. Um, you know, the middle of the order guys. So that's, you know, that's, that's obviously Ryan Braun and, and Aguilar and then Aggie had the home run in the first game. Um, but he's, he's been quiet since. And I think, um, you know, I mean, those, the guys in the middle of the order, those are the guys that you're hoping that there's damage there. And so, you know, I, I would put Aggie in the same category as I'd put Christian and, and put Moose is that, uh, 
you know, guys that uh, are important for offense, uh, are capable of the home run, are capable of damage, and, um, you know, are guys that, uh, if, if we're going to win two games here, are going to be in the middle of some big offense. They need to win the two games. So from here on out in the National League Championship Series, it is an elimination game. Tomorrow's an elimination game for the Brewers, not an elimination game for the Dodgers. How does Craig Council feel going into an elimination game? You know, I, I think for tomorrow it's it's a simple case of, you know, you you put everything out there that you have. Um, you know, we, we've, we've got our backs against the wall. I think you, you know it can be the last game of the season. Um, we, we really, uh, we haven't been in this game yet this year, but we've been in some, some, some games that uh, were obviously, you know, a bunch of games that have been immensely important, but we have not been in this game yet. Um, and I do I think everybody realizes it's 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 winter go home, um, and so you you treat it like that. So it's it's a little different. Um, I, I think it is a little different for everybody. But um, you know, it's you're given everything you got, and you're given everything you got in all these games. But I think uh, when you know it's it's winter go home, it probably creates. Um, you know, I think it'll create a little excitement more so in, in our building. I think it'll create a little excitement and and a lot of fun and uh, and hopefully and I think you'll see the. I don't think the effort changes, but you'll see the urgency. You know, one thing that's going to be different tomorrow between the Brewers and the Dodgers, and I I think this is advantage Brewers for Game 6, but it turns into potentially advantage Dodgers for Game 7. Tomorrow, the Dodgers go through the game, and Dave Roberts manages the game knowing, worst-case scenario, he loses, and they still play a Game 7. The Brewers and Craig Council manage tomorrow's game knowing that if they don't win, they're done. There's no Game 7 guaranteed for the Brewers. So, Game 7 be damned. Do what you got to do to win Game 6. Worry about Game 7 when you worry about Game 7. And I'm all, you know, Craig Council's very good at managing a game with the the necessity to be prepared for the next game in the back of his mind. I think he can probably scrap that tomorrow because this is that time where Game 7 is not guaranteed. And he was asked about doing what you need to do to force that Game 7. You know, I, I think when it's in, in this situation, I think, you know, you have to be willing to empty the tank. And I, th- I think that's um, – and, you know, you know there's a Game 7. Um, and um, – you know, you know that uh, you might not be at full strength for Game Seven if you if you're forced to completely empty the tank. But you got to get to Game Seven, so that's how we'll treat it. And I think um, you know, Game One Sixty Three is a little different because we we did know there was a there would have to be a, a wild card game the next day. So a lot of people are asking about the lineup. Are there going to be any major changes? Well, he was asked about what that Game Six lineup is going to look like. You know our lineup is is pretty is pretty de- de- determined and set, and I don't think there's a, there's a lot of different options to go with. Um, you know I'm confident in our guys. I thought we did a nice job against Ryu the the, the the first game. He's he's been on a pretty good roll this year, but I thought we did a pretty good job. So um, you know more of the more of the same as far as the next starts against uh, next time we face him tomorrow tomorrow night. Um, 
but it's just about it's about our guys getting a pitch to hit and then uh, putting a good swing on it, and that's not going to change um, by any decision we make in, from that regard. So if the lineup stays the same as it was against Ryu the first time, here's your lineup for tomorrow. Lorenzo Cain leading off in center field. Christian Yelich batting second in right field. Ryan Braun batting third in left field. Jesus Aguilar batting fourth at first base. Mike Moustakis batting fifth at third base. Travis Shaw batting sixth at second base. Eric Kratz catching batting seventh. Orlando Arcia batting eighth at shortstop. 414-799-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. We'll get into that lineup a little bit more and what to expect out of tomorrow's game. We'll do that next on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. Matt Pauley's my name. Thanks so much for hanging out. Three hours of Brewers talk. It just rolled by. This has been fun. We've got. To, I'll be back with you tomorrow after the game for Brewers Extra Innings, and hopefully we'll be talking about a game number seven. That is the goal coming up tomorrow. On the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, got uh, Gary in Lisbon who says, RC is swinging a pretty good bat in the postseason. I'd like to see them bring him up in the lineup, uh, maybe bat him third. First off, he's not going to bat third. Like, we can talk about this all, all we want. He's not going to bat third. And I, if you know, if you listen to me very often, you know that I like to talk about things that could happen. I like to talk about reality, and him batting third is not reality. But let's let's jump on it for a second. Orlando Arcia this year was sent to AAA because dude couldn't hit 200. He came back. He got his bat going. He's been doing a really, really nice job. Don't mess with it. That's this goes. This is one of my things that I talked about a little bit ago with people who want to see Josh Hader as a starter. He is impacting games in profound ways in his role. Don't mess with it. Orlando Arcia is having a huge impact right now. Don't mess with it. And it's not going to be messed with. Look, last year when he was a 270 hitter for pretty much the entire season, never really came out of that eight spot. I don't know if he batted. I'd have to go look at the, his, uh, his season box from last year, but I don't know if he ever batted anywhere but eighth, especially in the second half of the season. He's having success. Let guys who are having success stay in the areas that they're being successful in. That's, and I think I think Craig Council does a really good job at that. This is another one of my things. I don't know if there's an organization in baseball. I don't watch every other team the way I watch the Brewers. I've got a pretty good idea of what's going on around Major League Baseball, but I don't watch every inning of every other team in baseball. But I have a hard time believing that there is a team in baseball that put players in position to be successful more so than the Brewers. Players still need to perform. You know, Craig Council can go put a guy in position to be successful over and over and over. That guy's still got to perform. Like he, that's... It's not Craig's counsel's fault when somebody is in a great position and, and comes up empty. Brewers are really, really, really good at putting guys in position to be successful. And I think we've seen that with Orlando Arcia. I think we've seen that with Josh Hader. We, we see it. You may not want to hear what I'm about to say. But when a starting pitcher is absolutely rolling, and he goes through the lineup twice, and they yank him out of there, 
and you get angry about it, the Brewers are putting him in a position to succeed, or maybe more appropriately said, the Brewers are keeping him away from a position where there is a higher chance for him not to succeed. That's what this team's about. Putting guys in positions to exceed. And we see that happen a lot. And it's one of the cool things about the way this team plays. They haven't been hitting lately. The bats haven't been there. One run in 13 innings, two runs yesterday, one of which scored in the ninth inning. So you had one run through your first eight. Uh, the the bats aren't aren't going right now. Guys are still being put in the right position. It's up to them to get things going. Just is. It's up to Christian Yelich to play like the MVP he is. It's up to Lorenzo Cain to swing the bat the way he has all season. It's up to Mike Moustakis. It's up to Ryan Braun. It's up to Travis Shaw. It's up to those guys. It's up to Jesus Aguilar. They're going to continue to be put in good positions. And they got to come through. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. How would you like to be somebody who could fall on his face and get paid $2,000 for doing it? A Brewers player had that happen. I'll explain as we wrap up Brewers Weekly next here on WTMJ. Starting to wrap up this edition of Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Got a couple things to get to before we call tonight. Mike in Colorado texting in. Matt, do you think when the Brewers get to the World Series that Craig Council and David Stearns may have fundamentally changed the way baseball pitching staffs are constructed, scheduled, and players utilized in the future? I think there's going to be copycats. I think next year in the postseason, teams are going to look back at what the Brewers did this year, especially smaller market teams that don't have big-time salaries because starting pitching is really expensive and relief pitching tends to be not as expensive. I think everything's cyclical in baseball. It all is going to, you know, it's going to come around. Everybody's copying everybody, and then somebody else does something different. What the Brewers are doing right now in the postseason cannot be replicated in a 162-game regular season schedule. It just it can't. You, you, you don't have enough off days to pull it off. So that's going to be the one rub there. Uh, but I do think next year in the postseason, we're going to see some teams kind of doing some things the way the Brewers are doing this year. David in Kenosha, can you run over the schedule for your Brewers broadcast when the season ends? Well, hopefully we got a lot more with the World Series coming up. But if you don't know, this show, Brewers Weekly, is a a 12-month-a-year show. Every Thursday night, 8 o'clock, no matter what's going on, we're here. Well, actually, if there's a Thursday night football game involving the Packers or if the Bucks play on a Thursday night, we get preempted. We'll continue to do this, though. So always talking Brewers baseball Thursday nights. Now, you should know I am the play-by-play voice of Green Bay women's basketball. By the way, they came in as the number one team in the Horizon League preseason poll today have won their league 20 years in a row. So they play Thursday night games a lot. So in January, you won't hear a lot from me. Greg Matzik will uh, fill in for that. But we got Brewers Weekly every week. That doesn't go anywhere. Final thing I want to get to before we call it a night. Uh, There's a video that's been going around social media for a while. And it's a video from 2016 when Eric Kratz was a member of the Houston Astros. And he's being introduced. And as he runs out onto the field during the opening day introductions... He falls flat on his face, and everybody kind of laughs. And it's, you know, it's just kind of a funny thing to look at. So Buster Olney 
tweeted that video out, and that video's been making the rounds recently. What hasn't been making the rounds is the story behind it. Only tweets. Heard a classic story about the highly respected and greatly appreciated aircrafts today. When the Astros went through opening day intros in 2016, an Astro offered $1,000 to anybody who would do a face plant. Kratz said, I'll do it. And that's what happened. What, now, that's great, and that's, that's solid right there. One more wrinkle. Kratz on Twitter sees this tweet, responds to Olney, and says to Buster Olney, $2,000, but I would have done it for $250. So in 2016, Eric Kratz, while being introduced on opening day, hit the deck hard and he did it for two thousand dollars i want to know which houston astro gave him the two thousand dollars i guess as paul harvey would say that's the rest of the story but we don't have that at the moment what we do have is the wrap-up to this show tomorrow game six brewers dodgers brewers need to win our coverage is going to get rolling at six o'clock I will talk to you after the game tomorrow with Brewers Extra Innings. Hopefully we're talking about a win and a Game 7. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on WTMJ.